Hello and welcome to the ETOP21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric, the man behind ETOP21 Sports. You can find me at ETOP21 Sports on Instagram, Twitter, and yes, TikTok. I have finally went over to the dark side and started a TikTok account where I will be breaking down one-minute scouting videos for prospects, giving fantasy reports, and maybe even throwing out a free play for betting here and there. So let's not waste any time. Let's hop right into the draft from last night. Did everyone watch the draft? Was it great to watch ESPN again? Because I'm not going to lie, between the Jordan documentary and the draft, this is the most I've had my TV on ESPN, which is a little bit of a rarity. And I'm not going to lie, I thought it went great. Picks went flying through, fast-paced, no real hiccups. What did you guys think? Did you guys like it? Now, let me drop in, let me give you some thoughts on what I thought of the winners and the losers First of all, let's look at the losers. First team is the Raiders. Raiders drafted Henry Ruggs, a deep threat who can't track the deep ball, and he also can't high point a ball, when Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb are still on the board. Ruggs did his damage by using motion to get him in space and in the slant game. When a wide receiver is clearly in need, there was way better options on the board for the Raiders. Getting a wide receiver that's a number one wide receiver was one of their top priorities. And in my eyes, Ruggs is not a top wide receiver. And they Williams is on the opposite side, and Williams is a number one receiver either. And Ruggs is going to struggle because I truthfully feel that top DBs from other teams are going to be checking him. And he's not going to be able to be physical enough to get enough separation. And he's just going to struggle. And it's it as Buster and all over it. This was an awful pick by the Raiders. Then with the 19th pick, they drafted Damon Arnett, the cornerback from Ohio State, who can't cover the deep ball. So you drafted a cornerback who can't cover the deep ball when Diggs, Fullerton, and Gladney were still on the board, and Arnett had a second-round grade, and you totally reached for him. So I was—I thought the Raiders did a great job last year. I was really high on them with what Gruden and Mack were doing. But then with this draft, what the hell were you thinking? This was an awful draft by the Raiders. Really low on what the Raiders were doing. Next one, the Dolphins. I've said from the get-go, I've been anti-Tua for a while. And it blows my mind. Like, when I was watching the ESPN coverage yesterday, are people on ESPN not allowed to say anything negative about Tua? When you watch the videos, one of my big things has been when Tua throws the ball, he throws to the target, not through the target. And when they were showing... His workout, that's exactly what was happening. He was throwing to those wide receivers, not through the wide receivers. So exactly my point they were showing, but none of those guys, none of the experts were saying it, which really blew my mind. And then they say, oh, he has velocity in his throw. It was a five-yard slant. My old ass can throw velocity in a five-yard slant. So I, I don't know why... These other people aren't seeing all this stuff with Tua. I know he's won a lot of games, but there's been a lot of quarterbacks. Vince Young won a lot of games in college. Tim Tebow won a lot of games in college, and they struggle at the NFL, and I really think Tua's going to have the same thing. And then when you factor in his release point, and he's barely six foot, if he is six foot, and when he throws the ball, he's trying to act like he's throwing, like he's 6'5". It is so beyond crazy how I really feel like I'm the only one that sees this stuff with Tua. And so that, when you factor in all that, that's why I give the Dolphins a low grade. And then with the 18th pick, they draft Austin Jackson, who's a complete reach, 
who they could have got with the 26th pick or probably even the 39th pick. Then they traded the 26th pick to the Packers and they added a fourth and got the 30th. And then they're playing the cornerbacks an insane amount of money. And then you added another cornerback who's going to just play nickel cornerback when safety is a glaring need. I mean, all these guys are like, uh, like what's his name? Cowherd is high on the Dolphins. Dolphins had an awful draft, an awful first round. And the even if Tua is a guy, even if Tua is good, and I, I, you know, I could be wrong. You know, I don't want anyone to fail. I want kids to succeed. I want them to have good careers. I'm just telling you what my eyes will see, and I'm going straight up with you guys. And I think what I've done in the fantasy football game and the betting game has earned me that right to be on this platform and tell you what I feel and what I'm seeing with these guys. And I'll give you straight up with everybody. And I'm being straight up with two. I don't see it with him. But if I'm wrong and he is good, you need to protect your asset. What the Dolphins are doing is, is if two is good, he's like that high-class car, like a Lamborghini, and they don't have the garage to store the Lamborghini in a Michigan weather, winter. And I, you build from the inside out. You take that tackle and you have that tackle. You take Wirfs, Wills, or Beckton, we're all still on the board. You take that and then you build out. But not taking that tackle is going is is gonna haunt the Dolphins. And let's face it, if you're a GM and you have a pick in the top ten and you take a quarterback and you know, say, hey, your career's over. It's done. It's done. So this is a risky pick by the Dolphins GM. And a pick I wouldn't have made. And then you factor into his injury history. Oh my God, the hip, the footwork. Oh my God, that's yeah. There's a lot of negatives with that Dolphins pick. I'm sorry if I'm the one that see it. I'm not anti Tua. Like I said, I'm just telling you guys what I see, and just being straight up. Packers. Packers were one game away from the Super Bowl. One game away from the Super Bowl last year, and they overachieved yet they got a 13 and 3 they overachieved no big deal it happens you know, there's a lot of teams a lot of stuff that breaks your way a lot of stuff that doesn't break your way in an NFL season but one thing was crystal clear was they needed another playmaker to put along Devontae Adams that was the thing that was missing and you have T Higgins on the board that can play all three wide receiver positions and can high point a ball and win a jump ball in the end zone and you draft Jordan Love while trading up to do it with Aaron Rodgers, who already there's reports that him and LaFleur really don't get along. This is, oh my God, he's got to be livid. He wants to play till he's 40, and he's under contract till 2024, and all these reports that they're getting a weapon, and you draft Jordan Love? Packers are in a win-now, win-now mode. They're not in a wait-and-develop mode, and I understand, you know, you got... Oh, Love will be good. I'm high on Love. I think Love is going to be the second best quarterback in the class with his arm talent. Arm talent alone, he's he's great. You put a split screen of Jordan Love and Tua next to each other, it's night and day. He makes Tua look like a kid. And he's going to, I think he's going to be good, but for the Packers, this is an awful pick because they're in a win-now mode. And, it, oh my God, like, Rodgers is livid now and there's probably going to be a little dissension in the locker room and... Yeah, I know as a Lions fan, I love it because we need all the help we can get. If the Packers are having dissension in the locker room, that's going to carry over. Oh, my God. 
I love it. Also, you have to remember the Packers did lose Martinez, and Patrick Queen was sitting right there from LSU, who's a tackling machine. And they could have got him to easily fit a need. So that really that really made zero sense to me for a team in a win-now mode. And the last one is the Chiefs. It's no secret the Chiefs aren't high on Damian Williams. He's a 2021 free agent. Drafting Carl Edwards Helene is a reach. Helene isn't a three-down back. He can't pass Brock. So anytime he's on the field, the defense is knows he's just going to be running a pass route. The Chiefs aren't sure that Chris Jones will sign the franchise tag, so they don't know if they're going to have their pass rusher back. And Kendall Fuller left to go to the Redskins, so they lost a starting cornerback. Those two positions are a bigger need right now than the running back position. And I know Chiefs fans are like, oh, we'll just outscore everyone. We'll just outscore anybody. You'll just outscore everyone. That's the thing. If your defense can't stop anything, oh, we'll just outstorm because we have Patrick Mahomes. You got to have a defense that can stop people. If you don't have a defense that can stop people, you're going to be up against the nine ball. And I know Mahomes is great. I'm a huge Mahomes fan. And I understand wanting to put weapons around him. But on the opposite side of that, you need a defense that can get to the quarterback. And there was Yetter Gross and Espenza from Iowa were still on the board. So, like, that pick right there, that was like, what the heck? Like, that was a total reach, too, because Taylor, Swift, Akers, I had all of those guys higher on the board. I would rather want... I would rather want Akers than I'd want Hilaire. And that's just a fact. Akers is going to be a stud at this league. I'd even want my boy Evans from Appalachian State before I wanted Hilaire. Okay, now let's look at the opposite. End. Let's look at some draft day winners. It's no secret. I'm on the cards next year. I've said if they address their offensive line, and improve their defense. I think they could be a player in the West. I actually locked them in at 10 to 1 to win the West in the NFC. And I really thought they were going to take one of the big four offensive tackles. But because Murray got sacked 48 times last year, and you can't have your franchise quarterback take that many hits. But when you have arguably the second best defensive player in the draft, the most versatile player in the draft fall to you at eight, you have to take them. Simmons can make all the plays all over the field. And when you look back at this draft in a couple years, people are going to be like, how the hell did he fill that? Oh, eight. He can play safety, linebacker, cover the whole field, blitz the quarterback. Like, it is amazing what this guy can do. And they're able to get him at eight. So immediately, their defense is immediately better. And Cardinals, now they need to address the offensive line in the second and third round and today but I oh my god like I really that was a steal that was an absolute steal then you look at the Jaguars the Jaguars in my eyes have a lame duck front office a lame duck coach and if you listen to any of my other podcasts or the content that I've been putting out I was high on CJ Henderson I think CJ Henderson is gonna be a stud in this league he can cover he can he can pass defend you can put him out there against whoever and he'll, he'll, he'll check him. he has no fear no fear at all. He has great size, great athleticism, and the Jags lost their 
Ramsey and Boye. And immediately this fits a need. It's a Florida kid fit a need. And if it, like, it's a great, great pick. Great pick by the Jaguars. Immediately going to come in and start. And then with the 20th pick, Clavon Chessine is there. So you have the second best pass rusher in the draft. Just sit there at 20 at the back end of the draft. And you're losing Campbell and Njoku. Oh my God. What a great pick. What a great pick. Great pick. Great pick by the Jaguars. Jaguars right now, if I were to rank the teams who did the best, Jaguars would be number one. The Jaguars have, are winning this draft. Who would have thought at the beginning of the draft, a team with a lame duck coaching staff, lame duck front office, and possibly could leave their, state, their, their city, would be winning the draft. Think about that. Crazy what the Jaguars did. A-plus job by the Jags so far. Now you look at the Browns. Everyone knows I was low on the Browns last year. And what was the reason? Offensive line. Offense, I told everyone, offensive line's bad. Baker's going to be rushing through his reads. And people have more film on Baker. They know his tendency now. And he's going to struggle because the offensive line is weak. And people said I didn't know anything. What happened? Baker struggled. Shocker. Eric right again. And they got Conklin. And Conklin was my number one rated free agent this year. They got him. And you just drafted Jerick and Willis, who's arguably the best offensive tackle. He's on top of some, some people's offensive tackle boards. So a weakness has just become a strength. The strength now of the offense, offense is the offensive line now for the Browns. And as much as I hate Baker Mayfield, I like making money, and I'm going to be betting on the Browns, and I'll probably have Chubb hunt off to kind of see how the ratios play out. They're going to be DF, DFS plays. And Browns, you know what? They, good job, man. They had one pick. They addressed the immediate lead, and their team immediately became better. And what was the weakness last year is now the team strength. Now let's look at the Broncos. The Broncos got the best wide receiver in the draft, Jerry Judy, and didn't have to trade any assets to move up for him. Are you kidding me? The best wide receiver in the draft fell to the Denver Broncos. Now the Broncos are giving Drew Locke, who I've gone over numerous times, a quarterback needs to take a big step in his second year. It's not going to happen. Jerry Judy, the best wide receiver in the draft, to go along, Cortland Sutlin, Noah Fant at tight end, Pat Shermer as the offensive coordinator, Melvin Gordon as the bell cow back. I, I've already locked the Broncos in to win the West. Broncos are looking good. And I love the way Drew Locke throws the ball. I love the way he steps in the throw. I love the way he drives his hips. I love what I see from Drew Locke. And when I see a quarterback throw through him, two ain't throwing the same ball as Drew Locke is. He's not. The Broncos are going places. And also something important to remember for fantasy, you're, you're a defensive coach. Who, who are you putting your best cornerback on in a man-to-man zone, in a man-to-man coverage? Sutton or Judy? Sutton. So Judy's going to have favorable matchups all next year. All next year he's going to have favorable matchups. If you're in a best ball draft or a dynasty draft and you're not drafting Judy right now, whew, you, you better step up that game. I'm going to be investing in Judy next year. And there's going to be times when 
I'm running him for DFS, and I have him in my season line. I'm definitely picking Judy next year. I Broncos, they're giving Locke every reason to succeed. Every reason. Now, the Ravens, the three, three biggest needs were wide receiver, linebacker, and guard. Pat Queen, linebacker from LSU, fell to 28. Come in, replace C.J. Mosley, who they lost, and they never really replaced. Queen is good against the run, can drop back in coverage. He can, he, he can move all over the field. And the Ravens, which had a knockout defense last year, added Queen, who Lamar Jackson called Ray Lewis 2.0, and Campbell from the Jaguars. Ravens D is going to be better next year than it was this year. Like, it, like Ravens didn't have to move any assets. Granted, they still need a wide receiver, which the wide receiver depth is so much in this draft they can get in the second round. But the Ravens, Ravens did some stuff, man. On one pick, fell right into the lap. Defense immediately better. So that's it. That's kind of my thoughts. Winners and losers from the first round. Who I liked what they did. Who I didn't like what they did. On Monday, Silver Star Sports and I will be getting together, recording a podcast, going over the whole draft, who we liked, who we disliked. And then also next week I'll be on the That's What G Said podcast, hosted by Gino Bacala. So look for those two things to get some more of my draft insight. At etalk 21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing i will be posting my horse selections for for the day for free as of right now we are plus 71.32 u in horse racing which is insane and like i said everything is going to be free until this covid19 stuff is over then packages will start coming in i'm just trying to help you guys win a little more money help you guys out through this tough times and then once that's over, then the packages will start kicking in. So try to get over that site, that site on Instagram. Take advantage of it. If you guys have any questions, anything you want me to talk about, you know, hit me up at etof21sports on the Instagram or Twitter. DMs are always open. Also be looking at TikTok. I'll be making more videos, breaking down guys' strengths and weaknesses, and also giving some fantasy advice. Stay safe. Stay inside. And please, 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 please keep social distancing going because I need to get out of my place. Summer is right around the corner. Stay safe and I'll see you guys next week.